is a winding road No telling where it goes Driving through days and nights Won't stop for traffic lights Hello everybody, this is uh, Minister Mercy once again Hello, welcome back to my channel, Mercy TV and as well as my podcast, Spiritual Conversation with Minister Mercy. Today, we're going to continue with our teaching on uh, um, Genesis, the teaching of Genesis on chapter Genesis chapter 1, the account of creation, a parable given by Moses on the awakening of man's spiritual awareness of the existence of God, what we now refer to or known as being born again as being born again. So if you have not watched the three previous videos on the account of the first, second, and third um, day of creation, it would be a good thing if you can watch it so you'll be able to follow the train of thoughts on that teaching. So today, now we're going to um, look at the fourth day, that is the fourth day of man's progressive growth in the things of the spirit. Although Moses classified this pro, um, progression as days, but as Christians and believers, we know our growth in the things of um, God is not an overnight thing. <laughs> it's not an overnight thing. When we become born again, our spirit and soul can take up to 20, 30, 40 years to grow this knowledge of God. And most of the time, this knowledge is mostly based on the knowledge of the written word the knowledge of the written word, but not the spirit in the word, not the spirit in the word. You know, what we end up having is religion, religion without the spirituality, without the spirit that releases the power in the word. Okay, that's what we end up having. Millions of so-called born-again uh, Christians, despite years of um, proclaiming to know God and Jesus Christ, are still in the first or second day of creation. They're still in their first or second day of creation. The full awakening of their spirit and soul has not taken place and may never take place and may never take place. So they have not reached the third, fourth, talk less of the fifth and the sixth day of creation, which is the full spiritualization of the spirit and soul and body of man attending the full manifestation of God's glory in a physical world, in a physical world. Okay, so we're going to continue with the account of the fourth day, which Moses gave in verses 14 to 19. So let's read Genesis chapter 1, verse 14 to 19. And he says, Then God said, Let there be light in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. Let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. Let them be for light in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights, the great light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God sent them. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness and God saw that it was good verse 19 so the evening and the morning were the fourth day the evening and the morning were the fourth day 
Okay. So if we really think about these verses we have just read, you know, if we think about it with our intellectual reasoning and logical knowledge, logical reasoning, really, okay, we'll find this statement in these verses does not really make sense. It doesn't really make sense with our natural reasoning. If we take the words the way it is, re- it is written, it doesn't really make sense, okay? For a start, Moses has already told us on the first day God created the light already and out of the evening and morning became the first day. What we need to ask ourselves is what kind of light was this that adequately affected day and night for three days? Okay, this light affected day and night for three days. And on the fourth day, God again said, let let there be light in heaven. Let there be light in heaven. The question is, what kind of light is this that should divide the day and night? What kind of light? Did not the light created on the first three days do this? Hmm? Moses said lights, but did not mention moon or sun. These lights also affected signs. What signs? Finally, seasons. Which seasons? And days and years. Okay. So what days and years? So doesn't night count? Doesn't, you know, doesn't it count? Night. Doesn't it count as the same as day? Scientifically, we know our earth is round. It is always revolving around the sun, bringing about day and night in the physical world. In the physical world. Moses knew this. The question is, if Moses meant the natural moon and sun, he would have mentioned them by name. He would have mentioned them by name rather than saying just lights, the two lights. Moses also mentioned the firmament in the heavens, which we know in the natural outer space does not exist. There's no attachment in the natural space. Through scientific um, discoveries and biblical knowledge, we know the sun, moon, and all stars, as well as this, our physical earth, float freely in space. They float freely in space, maintained in their rightful position through the law God has set out for them, moving freely without any attachment to any heavenly firmament. Without any heavenly firmament, there is only one firmament in infinity and in the heavenlies, and this is the will of God. The will of God is the firmament. Okay. So through which creation is held together with his unchangeable laws is the will of God that holds everything together. The will of God is the will of God that has given us life. It is the will of God that created all the things we see, both spiritual and physical things, is the will, the firm will of God that is the fundament, okay? So the Bible tells us in the book of Acts chapter 17, verse 26 to 28, and I read, it says, And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their reappointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him. 
though he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. Okay, so it's in God that we live and move and have our being. In the sense that it is God that holds everything together. It is God that holds our life. <laughs> you know, his will. He willed us to exist. Therefore, we exist. If he removes us from his will, we will disappear. Non-existence. So everything is held together by the firm will of God. The firm will of God. It is the firm will of God that gives us life. Although darkness has overshadowed that spiritual life due to our misalignment with his divine order. His divine order. The reason we live in a physical world is because our soul sinned against God. You know, we moved out of alignment with his divine order, his laws, his laws that governs everything. We moved out of alignment. So therefore we find ourselves in this physical world, you know, in a physical body under judgment, under judgment. So the fundament which Moses writes about is the firm will within the divine laws and order stated in God's commandment, the firm will in God's divine laws and order and his commandments. So man develops this firm will when he understands with his spirit and soul, the love of God, which is the, you know, the blessed soul where God's life resides in man's heart. You know, if you have listened to the, um, the third day of creation, I talked about the soil of the heart and I talked about how God's love has been laying dormant in our hearts because of sin. But when God then shines his light in our heart, that love that has been laying dormant can then awaken. And when it awakens, that's when it starts growing things, growing different spiritual fruits. Okay. So what Moses is writing here, man, the spiritual man that is your soul and your spirit develops a firm will when they understand you know the love of god that is has been embedded in the heart that's how we develop a firm will man can only develop such will when he fully understands from his heart the true love of god which God has implanted in man's heart. Man's heart is the fertile soil where this love and truth grows. Okay. So your heart is where the love of God grows, where the truth of who God is grows. But you need your mind, you need your intellect, you need your reasoning faculties to get the knowledge and the intelligence that will help grow this love. And that knowledge comes from the word of God. It comes from the, the word of God, okay? Just as this firm will is developed when God pours his uh, heavenly light into man, when God divided man's inner darkness into evening and morning in the first three days of creation. In the first three days of creation. Remember, in the first three days of creation, initially when God said, let there be light, especially the first day, when he said, let there be light in the darkened earth, 
And when the light came, that darkened earth is actually man's mind. Man's mind is in darkness, okay? So when God's light then came into um, man's mind, God saw that the light is good. That is the knowledge, the spiritual knowledge man has acquired is good. But because man could not fully understand which is natural and which is uh, spiritual, God then divided it, okay? He divided the light. The light is knowledge, okay? He divided the spiritual knowledge from the natural knowledge. Your natural knowledge is the knowledge you acquire naturally in university, in schools, natural things, okay? Not spiritual things. So God divided it, okay? So that's what he did. So as the heaven within man is this right love and the right insight, and the right intellectual knowledge, which manifests as a living faith, as a living faith. So heaven within man, you know, remember Jesus said to his disciples that heaven is within you. Because when they were asking, you know, you know when, where is heaven or whatever? And Jesus said, you don't need to look everywhere. Heaven is inside you. Heaven is inside you. So heaven is when we acquire the right love, you know, the right insight and the right intellectual knowledge you know of god which now manifests as a living faith that is heaven that is heaven within us okay so like in hosea chapter 6 chapter 4 verse 6 god said my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge for lack of knowledge without the right knowledge of god we will not develop this firm faith or this firm will Without a firm will, we will not develop a living faith. We will not develop a living faith. A firm will developed within the divine order of God, that is, a faith that is developed within the will of God and the commandments of God, is the firmament in heaven in man. Is the firmament in heaven in man. So what Moses is saying here is, our faith that is developed because we have decided and we have made a choice with our will that we're going to obey God's commandment, that we're going to follow the ways of God. And as we continue to follow the ways of God, our faith is now growing. And as our faith grows, that faith, we then act on what we are believing in. Okay, we act on what we are believing in. We don't just say, I have faith, but meanwhile, you don't act on the faith you are proclaiming to have. So, this is what Moses is saying that that firm will that we have developed, and from that firm will is now, is now developed into a living faith. That firm will is the fundament that is in man. That is in man. Okay, so, so now. This firm will and faith in man, God now baptizes man with his Holy Spirit. So when you have this, your firm will, that is your determination to do the right thing, to follow the scriptures, to do what the scriptures is um, teaching you. And from that determination, you develop a living faith. And once this living faith is now there, God now baptizes you with his Holy Spirit, with his Holy Spirit. Okay, because uh, remember in Genesis, the Spirit of God was hovering 
over the darkened earth. What that means is the spirit of God has not entered into man yet. It was just floating around. It's there, but, you know, impressing in man's heart about God, about God. When you're, you know, if you're hearing the word of God, you're listening to what these preachers are preaching and you're, you know, you're being convicted. You're being convicted. Your faith is growing. Remember, we will have our faith developed when we hear the word of God. So as you are hearing this word of God, your faith is growing. And then with your firm will, you're then making a, making a decision, right? I'm going to do the right thing. I am not going to lie anymore. I am not going to be having sex out of marriage anymore. I am not going to be sinning anymore. Then you're developing you know, a firm will. That's what that means. You're developing a firm will. And when the Holy Spirit sees that you have developed that firm will and you're not seeking him in holiness and in righteousness, he then comes in. He comes in and lives in your heart. That is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, through God's Holy Spirit, man now becomes enlightened with the right love of the Father coming from God's heart. So once the Holy Spirit is inside you, he will now start teaching you about the things of God. When you read the scriptures, you understand the scriptures a lot better. He more or less removes the scale of blindness from your eyes so you can see the, the spiritual things God is talking about in his word, in his word. That's what that is saying. So the light coming from the Holy Spirit then lightens up man's firm will, raising it up, you know, raising it to the inside of heavenly beings. Meaning that once uh, the Holy Spirit is inside you, you're learning more about the things of God. You're being enlightened and being educated on the things of the Spirit. Okay, So that your firm will is now raised up more or less, you are now developing a firm will and a strong faith, a living faith and in the things of God. And when you start believing and truly believe, you know, your spirit, you know, can now have visions of heaven, visions of the realms of the spirit, visions, encounters with Jesus, encounters with the Father, encounters with his angels, okay? So this is what your firm will does for you. And this is what Moses called the filament, the filament that is now being built in man's heart. All right. So, you know, so as such, man's soul is raised into heavenly dimensions. The created man now becomes the uncreated one who had transformed himself into a child of God through his own free will by obeying the divine commandments of God. So what that is, what that is saying is, remember your soul is created. Your soul is created. God created our soul, but our spirit is uncreated. So when the Holy Spirit raises your soul to the level, remember your will is in your soul. Your will is in your soul. So if, when, if um, the Holy Spirit is raising your will, he's also raising your soul. So when he has raised your soul to the level of spiritual, of spirituality, your soul that was created have now become uncreated. It has now become spiritualized. Okay. It has now become spiritualized. Remember, spirits are not created. Soul is created. Okay. So the, the reason you, you know, the Holy Spirit has been able to raise your soul to the level of the uncreated is because you have been obedient to the word of God, okay? 
You have been obedient to the word of God. And more or less, you have transformed yourself into a child of God through your own free will by you obeying the commandments of God. Okay? By you obeying the commandments of God, now you can call yourself a child of God. A child of God. This is what sanctification of our soul is about. It's about cleaning up our soul and raising it up to co-join with the spirit that is uncreated, okay? To, to co-join, that is our soul and our spirit now joins together. Now joins together. Okay, so as long as man remains in his natural state, he is in a temporary transitory state and cannot last forever. That is, if you remain in your natural state, if you don't believe in God, your spirit is as dead as a dead donkey, your soul is just doing the things of the world, you know, the things of the world and not, you know, thinking about God, not thinking about eternity, not thinking about the afterlife or anything like that. You are in a temporary situation, in a temporary state. You are like in a maze, you know. This whole physical thing is passing away. The natural world is passing away. It doesn't last. It's not going to last forever. The only thing that will last forever is the spiritual. The spiritual, the spirit, the things of the spirit is going to last forever. But the physical things will, will just, it has its time, a period when God has said, right, I'm giving you this period to be physical, to be able to know me. And through your physical being, you'll be able to come back to me when you do the right thing. But if you don't do the right thing and you're, you're still in your physical state, in your natural state, when you die, you will go where God is not. You know, you will go where God is not. So the physical world is a temporary place because every man in his physical body is mainly a suitable vessel within which the real man, who is a spirit, can develop through the constant influence of the Holy Spirit of God. Okay, so what I mean by that is that man in his physical nature, in his physical state, that is this body, is just a vessel, a vessel that contains the real man. The real man is your spirit, okay? The real man is your spirit, and the soul of the real man sinned against God. This is why God trapped him inside this physical body. So, this your soul and your body and, and your spirit are in this physical body for you to learn the ways of God, for you to come back to God, for you to be obedient to the things of God, for you to bring your soul, your will and your spirit in alignment with God's divine order. Okay. And the way you do that is to allow the Holy Spirit to constantly influence your mind, your heart, your whole being. And it's through his word. It's through his words. It has influence on your in, in you know your intellect, your reasoning, your emotions, your will. And then when you have gained that knowledge, that wisdom, and then it's engrafted in your heart, that is how you free your spirit from the shackles of the flesh. You know, the lust of the flesh won't be any problem for you. You won't be obeying anything that your flesh desires, you know. Because you have now freed your spirit from this prison itself. Okay. Yes. 
So once the soul and the body of man has reached the level of transformation, the right degree of spiritual development, God, you know, that is when he has reached the right, he, he reaches the right degree of spiritual development because God has provided his word for us and has provided his Holy Spirit for us to help us to reach that transformation, to help us to be transformed from natural men into spiritual men, okay, into spiritual men. You know, with his Holy Spirit to aid us in this process of spiritual development, spiritual development. With the knowledge and intelligence we acquire, this is what will help our spirit to develop and mature in the things of God. It is God's spirit within our heart is what Moses called by the two great lights, the two great lights which he puts in the firmament. Remember, the firmament is the firm will of man. Okay, so it is God's spirit, the in, uh, internally life light in the heavenly firmament of man is really the true ruler of the actual day within man. So what this is saying is, is the, the spiritual knowledge that you're gaining from the Holy Spirit that he has now, you know, in, immersed itself in your will. Your will is your firm is the fundament Moses talked about. So when the Holy Spirit has now immersed itself in your will, and from what is teaching you, the light, you know, light, education, knowledge, wisdom. So the wisdom they're now getting from the light of the Holy Spirit, this is what will actually rule that man. That is, you know, rule you, give you the spiritual knowledge. The, the actual day within man, actual day means your spirituality, your spiritual well-being okay that is the light that is coming from the holy spirit what this statement is saying is when we allow the spirit of god to take total control of our free will which moses referred to as the parliament the holy spirit can then teach the soul the things of god which will fully transform it into its uncreated divine being uncreated and as such, making the entire man into a true child of God. Okay, remember, man is made out of three properties. We have the spirit, we have the soul, and we have the body. Okay, so the, the, the body is created, the soul is created, but the spirit is uncreated. So now, when the Holy Spirit is now immersed itself in our soul, where our free will is, and we develop that firm that firm faith, that firm will, and through the teaching of the Holy Spirit, through the teaching of the Holy Spirit, your soul is now becoming spiritualized, is now becoming spiritualized. So it's going from created into uncreated. That means it's becoming a spirit. It's becoming a spirit, you know, and as such, making the entire man into a true child of God, okay? Into a true child of God. Children of God are spirit. They are spirit. They're not physical. The children of God are spirit, okay? So when you allow the Holy Spirit to control your will, you know, when the Holy Spirit controls your will, you, 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 you're not under your own, you know, under your own 
unction or you, you can't just decide and go and do things. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit will tell you, do this, do that, do that, don't do this, don't do that. That's how the Holy Spirit controls your will, okay? So when the Holy Spirit is controlling your will, your, your soul, that is where your will is, has now become spiritualized because the Holy Spirit is there. You have gone from created to uncreated, you know? And when you have gone from created to uncreated, that means you have become spiritual. You have become spiritual. And this is where you can then say you are a child of God because children of God are spirits. They are spiritual. They are spirit. So look at this um, scripture in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are sons of God. Okay. So as many that are led by the spirit of God, these are sons of God. So if the spirit of God is not leading you, if you are doing your own thing, you don't consider uh, how God feels, you don't consider the spirit of God that is in you, then you're not a child of God. Children of God are led by his spirit. It's the spirit of God who tell you to do this, don't do this, you know, and you do. Whatever he tells you to do, you do. That's it. That's how you've been led by the spirit. Every human being has a living soul which indeed also is a spirit with the necessary capacity to know the good and the truth and the evil and the force. Our soul has the capacity to acquire the knowledge of what is good and true and to reject the evil and the force from itself. Okay, Our conscience is the spirit of the soul. Our soul is not like our spirit that is uncreated. Our soul is created and as such can never become a son of God by itself, by itself. However, if it has and it has humbled itself with humility of heart and from its free will, which God, you know, which God gave it, accept the good and true within which God has given it in his divine law. Okay, so what I'm saying there is, what I'm saying is our conscience is the law of God that guide our soul in the things of God. So when our soul allows its conscience to guide it, then it becomes fully capable of assuming the uncreated divine nature, the uncreated divine nature. So when you allow the spirit of God to guide you and you obey the, the prompting of your conscience, and you do what the Lord, the word of God is telling you to do, then you have gone from a created soul to an uncreated, you know, to uncreated. You become spirit. That means your soul has now been spiritualized. It's no longer a created being. It's a spirit being now. It's a spirit being. Okay. So where are we? Then it becomes fully capable of assuming the uncreated divine nature. That is the soul has then become spiritualized with the spirit of God placed permanently into the firm will of the soul, which Moses referred to as the celestial firmament, is the great light, is the great light. So the spirit, the Holy Spirit in your soul is releasing his light, that light the Holy Spirit is releasing is the great light that rules the day, okay? And the day is the spiritual aspect of man's being, 
So man's soul, which is transformed to an almost equally great light through the Holy Spirit, is the lesser and is the smaller and lesser light. So now your spiritualized soul is now releasing its own light. But his own light is a smaller light and is a lesser light. It's not as great as the light that is coming from this Holy Spirit himself. This light is actually knowledge, okay? Spiritual knowledge and natural knowledge. Because we use our mind, our intellect, our reasoning faculties to learn things from the natural world. But meanwhile, we use our spirit with the help of the Holy Spirit to learn things from the spiritual realms. So the greater light is the, the knowledge you are getting from the realms of the spirit and the lesser light is the knowledge you're getting from the natural world. So these two lights work together. Okay, they work together. So where are we, right? So which, like the Holy Spirit, is placed in the same celestial firmament. That is, the lesser light is also placed in the same firm will of man. That is, your soul is also, you know, um, in the in, in in it has its own. It has the firm will as well. Is placed in the celestial firmament. That's what Moses called it. So the soul is sanctified and spiritualized without losing any of its natural nature, but rather the soul has gained a fully purified spiritual sense. Okay. So what the statement is is um, your soul, although it has become spiritualized. It hasn't actually lost any of its natural tendencies. The only tendency it has lost is the <laughs> tendency to sin, the tendency to follow the lust of the flesh. Okay, so it has lost that. It has lost the the tendency to follow the lust of the flesh and the impulses that is coming from the world and temptations that is pulling it. So your spiritualized soul don't have any interest in those things anymore. So what he has, you know, what he has gained. From the teaching of the Holy Spirit, it has now become purified. It has now become spiritualized. So your soul is now sensing the things of the spirit. Instead of focusing on the things of the natural world, your soul is now looking inward in the spirit realms than looking constantly in the world or following the impulses of the world. Now your soul is following the impulses of the spirit. Okay, so that's what that means. Yes, because if I itself, man's soul could never see God in his purest divine nature, and the Spirit of God likewise cannot see the natural, because for him nothing natural, material, natural exists. So what that means is um, when the Holy Spirit immerses himself in our will, and our soul has now been purified, our soul has now been spiritualized, sanctified, no more darkness in our soul, no more following the impulses of the world, no more following the lust of the flesh. Okay, so what the soul's eyes has now been opened through the Holy Spirit to see the realms of the spirit. So your soul can look through the eyes of the spirit and see God and see Jesus and see the angels through visions, through dreams, okay? So this is what that means. Your soul can see now in the realms of the spirit. Remember before, when you were deep in sin, 
your soul couldn't see the things of the spirit. You couldn't sense the things of the spirit. You may get in a little bit impressions, but you can't discern it. You can't discern it. You can't, dis, you know, um, you know, discern if this is spiritual or if this is natural. But now that your soul has become spiritualized, okay, it has removed the darkness of the world from it. It has removed the lust of the flesh from it. It's no longer controlled by the lust of the flesh. Your emotions are firm, not every single thing and your, you know. So you can now see the eyes, the scale that was in your soul has now been dropped. So now you can look and see spiritual things, okay? So it's the same thing that the, the, the Moses was also saying, that now God can also see the natural through the eyes of the purified soul, okay? The soul is now purified, is no longer dirty to God because there's no more sin in that soul. So God can look through the eyes of the soul and see the natural world and see his children, you know. There was uh, an incident the Lord showed me a few years ago. I went out to evangelize in a, a street, in a marketplace. And as I was standing there talking to people, it was as if Jesus was looking through my eyes and seeing these people, these lost souls. And I felt as if through my own soul, I can sense what he is seeing. He, it wasn't me looking, it wasn't my, although my eyes were there, but it was the Jesus, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit was looking through my eyes and seeing all these people, all these lost souls. And I can sense the lost souls themselves. I can sense them in my spirit. I think Lord gave me that experience so I'll be able to understand how lost people are, how lost souls are. And I could feel the love and the compassion in his heart when he was looking through my eyes okay so that is what that is saying but with the holy spirit immersed with the purified soul god can now see through the eyes of the soul into the natural world and then the purified soul can now see through the spirit into the spiritual world so the soul can now see god as a spiritual being in his purest form through the eyes of our new spirit that the man had received. And the spirit of God can equally see the natural through the eyes of the sanctified soul. Okay. So we remember the incident in, uh, in Mount Sinai when Moses was asking God to reveal himself to um, him. And the Lord said that no man can has ever seen him and no man can see him and survive so what that means is because moses's soul has not been sanctified and has not been purified moses cannot see god with his natural eyes because uh, you know the purity the purity of god will just destroy that soul the purity of god the holiness of god will just destroy that soul so this is but with jesus coming now to you know give us redemption and salvation, our soul can now be purified, sanctified, and all the dirt and all the sin, all the darkness removed. And now with a purified soul, we can actually see God in visions. Okay? We can see him through in the realms of the spirit. So Moses uh, said that the great light, which is the Holy Spirit, is to rule the day, and the lesser light, the night, 
to determine the signs, seasons, and for days and years. What Moses is saying is that with the spiritual knowledge man acquires through the Holy Spirit of God, which is the great light, okay, and the natural knowledge acquired through the sanctified soul, which is the lesser light that rules the night. Night here represents natural things, while day represents spiritual things. With these two lights functioning together in man, out of the knowledge and wisdom that man gains, that man gains from these two lights, man will be able to recognize the basis, the basis for everything God has created and allowed to exist. Okay, so what this is saying is with the knowledge from the Holy Spirit of spiritual things and the knowledge from our sanctified soul of natural things, now we can able to, you know, more or less have the knowledge and of what, why God created things as he created it, why things exist as they exist. Okay, so that is the science. That, that Moses meant. And, and also says, this knowledge will also allow man to determine the times, days, and years, which is to say, man recognizing God's wisdom, love, and grace in all things, in all things. So if we are able to understand the reason God has created us in this body, in this physical world. We understand um, the nature of our God. We understand what he requires from us. And then when we look at things, when we look at this whole world, this whole creation, we'll be able to understand, you know, the wisdom of God in creation. We'll be able to understand the love of God for creation. And we'll be able to understand the grace God has given us for our redemption. That's what that means. That's what it means. The years, the days, signs. Okay. So the stars, which Moses also mentions, are the different useful cognitive abilities we have acquired through our conscience, our intellectual activities, such as thinking, reasoning, and remembering things which we have learned, which also form part of our spiritual knowledge, which is placed in the same heavenly filament that is placed in our will. Okay, so this knowledge is what helps to give us a firm will to believe what we believe. Okay, so as the two main lights, the Holy Spirit and the sanctified soul, light means knowledge here. Okay, so these are the two main lights. Is the knowledge and wisdom coming from these areas of man's being? That is the knowledge coming from your spirit and the knowledge coming from your soul. These are the two main lights. This is the account of the fourth day of creation, which Moses explained to us in Genesis chapter 1, verse 14 to 15. Okay, so, you know, I've been asking the Lord when he gives me this um interpretations of these different scriptures i'll ask the lord lord help me to teach it in a way that people will be able to understand it because i haven't come across anybody explaining genesis like this and 
to me, it really makes a lot more sense, okay? Although you can still interpret um, Genesis as the creation of um, the, you know, the, the world itself. But the funny thing is, the Lord said you will need the wisdom of the angels to be able to discern how the world was created, including the natural world. But when I do the day fifth and sixth, I'll explain that a bit more. But meanwhile, this is um, day four. So please listen to the teachings with a prayerful heart. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you, okay? Help you to understand. Because I truly believe when people understand, you know, the, uh, the first chapter of Genesis and the first chapter of John, the Bible will be a lot easier to understand. You'll be able to have you know, a sense of why you are here, of what all this thing is all about. And we need knowledge. We need knowledge because what we're going to be facing in a couple of years, not even years, two or three years, is mind-boggling. And if you do not know God, if you do not know how to protect yourself and your family in the realms of the spirit, you will be lost just like the, the rest that don't know God. Okay, so God is revealing a lot of things that will help protect his children. Yes, we are in the end times. And just like Noah, Noah had a revelation to build an ark. And he, uh, he obeyed God and he built that ark. And that ark was what that helped protect his family and himself when God's wrath was released on the world with flood. What is coming now is even worse than the flood of Noah. And God is giving revelations that will help protect his people, those who truly know him, his children. We're not going to be raptured out of this place, so we're going to be in this tribulation. The, the church is going to be in this tribulation, okay? So it's the glory of God, the light of God, that is going to be protecting us. And if you do not start learning, acquiring the knowledge of God, that will bring his glory down in your life and in the life of those around you. You'll be gone like the rest of them. But we pray that people will listen. His church will wake up and don't be like the five foolish virgins that forgot to take light and oil for their lamp. Okay. So God bless you. Listen to the teachings. Please share it and like it and subscribe to the channel as well. Until then, God bless you. Bye-bye. Life is a winding road No telling where it goes Driving through days and nights Won't stop for traffic lights 